I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ramdas's Love Serve Remember Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma Hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ramdas, Krishnadas, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more. The Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash inner academy. Teaching meditation can be a deeply rewarding experience. Help others improve their mental and emotional well-being reduce stress, improve focus, increase self-awareness and self-regulation, all while deepening your own practice and understanding. Join acclaimed author, Buddhist teacher, and Emmy Award-winning musician David Nickturn on Tuesday, May 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for a free online discussion on teaching meditation in Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash be here now for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn on May 28th. Welcome to the Be Here Now Network guest podcast. This series features talks from a myriad of modern spiritual teachers expanding on how we can all live a life in balance. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, please go to BeHereNowNetwork.com slash guest. On this episode of the Be Here Now Network's guest podcast, Chris Bascinelli shows us how we can find peace and happiness by redefining success. There is something that I have convinced myself I cannot be happy without. It doesn't matter that I travel the world for National Geographic, that I'm passionate about my work, that I'm in great health, that I come from a loving family, that I'm together with 4,000 of the most committed future business leaders of America. (laughs) Silly enough, but I've convinced myself that I will not be truly happy, that my life won't really have meaning until I'm in a relationship, until I find that perfect partner. It's funny. It is. But I wonder if anyone in this room has something similar right now. If they feel, you know, I would only be happy if I just had this. If I just had a boyfriend. If I just had a girlfriend. If I could just get into that perfect college. If I can get that perfect job. If I could have less responsibilities. If I could travel more. Make some noise if you're with me. Our society teaches us from a very early age that we are not enough and we need more in order to be happy. I live in New York City and not too far from my house there's a place called Times Square where you have 300 foot billboards, posters, televisions filled with models to date and places to visit and food to eat and things to drink and mountains to climb and vacations and every one of these advertisements is saying the same thing. Your happiness is out here. 
I want to buy a huge billboard, cover up that sign in the middle of Times Square and have it say, you already have everything you need. That would be the truth. I want everyone to think about that right now. This is not an intellectual conversation. This is a heartfelt conversation. It's not a speech. It's a stoop. What is that area for you in your life? What is that blank? If I could just fill in this blank, if I could just lose this weight, if I could just achieve this, then I'll be happy. The problem with thinking, once we get X, we will be happy, is twofold. One, it increases our attachment to that thing, whatever it is for us. And the second thing it does, stay with me here, is that it increases our identification as someone who is not enough without. Does that make sense? It increases our attachment and increases our identification as someone who is not enough without. But that's not true. Happiness doesn't come from success. Happiness doesn't come from getting what we think we want, from achieving a certain goal. Success comes from happiness. Happiness has to be the starting point. So redefining success, understanding what it means to be a global citizen means starting from the place we wish to be. We have to arrive at the destination before we actually get there. What? I'm going to say that again. We have to arrive at our destination before we actually get there. Meaning, we have to become the person we wish to be before the environment, before our world changes around us. I had to travel to 40 countries before I realized I'm not here to change the world. The world is here to change me. Every experience that we have in our life, every challenge, every difficulty can do two things. It can either wake us up or it can put us to sleep. Wake us up. Wake us up to what? Wake us up to our connection. Wake us up to the fact that we're all interdependent. Wake us up to the fact that as much as we try, we actually can't change the world. All we can do is change ourselves. And as a result, influence the people around us. We just heard from Colonel Scheneker, and I want everyone to just give him another big round. Give his son a huge round of applause. What an amazing story. What a powerful story. And I'm sure all of us were in tears listening to that. Why? Because he took tragedy. He took something, the most difficult thing in the world to accept. He took it, and rather than feel bad, rather than think about himself, who did he think about? Others. He thought about others. He used that experience to wake up, to help even more people. He's already giving his life for his country, but he said, that's not enough. What can I do to help people even more? And I think that's what FBLA stands for. And that is my definition of a global citizen. And that is the only thing you need to remember here today. So what is a global citizen? A global citizen is someone who is completely present, someone who authentically connects with others, and someone who is inspired by a mission that is beyond themselves. I was on a small island in Thailand, and I was sitting with a handful of tuk-tuk drivers, which are motorbike taxi drivers. And we're sitting down and we're joking. It was late at night and we'd been, we, we'd been partying. We were having fun. And I said, guys, what do you want in your life that you don't have? They said, what? I said, what do, you, what do you want in your life that you don't have? And they said, well, I don't know. So I went through the list. I said, you have food? They said, yeah, food is okay. I said, you have money? Money, good job, no problem. I said, you have a house? My house is strong. I said, you have a doctor? Doctor, down the road. I said, you have school? Education, very good. I said, guys, I went through the whole list. You have food, you have shelter, you have clean water, you have a place to work, you have income, you have health care, you have education. I said, I can't think of one thing that you might want that you don't have. They said, Chris, what do you want in your life that you don't have? I said, it would be nice to have a girlfriend. They said, same, same in Thailand. 
So we, we have to dissolve our walls. We have to connect with people and look for that moment, that one moment of connection where we're no longer thinking the other person is a human being, but we have a feeling the other person is a human being. I think when Colonel Scheneker st- shared his story, we all had a feeling, right? We had a feeling in our heart. We said, wow, this is a human being. And once we had that feeling, once that seed of compassion or empathy is awakened within us, then we're inspired to serve others. If we're not inspired to others, we're just going through the motions from day to day. We have to be genuinely inspired to serve others in order to make a difference in their lives. Can you dig it? I said, can you dig it? Okay, let me, let me show you what I'm looking for. Guys, let's skip to that first video. 60 thousand soldiers. Now there ain't but 20,000 police in the whole town. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Black Benji is not a fictional character. This is a, this is a reenactment of a real-life story. Black Benji was the leader of one of the gangs in the Bronx in New York City in the 1970s. It was a very violent time. All the gangs were killing each other. There were murders. It was very bad. So Black Benji brought all of the gangs together with this one phrase of peace in the Bronx Gang Summit saying, Can you dig it? So what I need right now is I need someone on this stage, not someone that is already comfortable speaking in public, but somebody that's nervous, somebody that wouldn't normally stand up. Who's the person that is a little bit nervous that wouldn't normally stand up? Stand up right now. Don't point at somebody else. You stand up. Who's it going to be? Three, two, sir, come right up. Come right up here. Come here. What's up, brother? Hey. How you feeling? Pretty nervous. What's your name? Jared Skiff. From where? Um, Cole Reeves Senior High School. Oh, give him a hand. Give Jared a hand. Jared, the stage is yours, my brother. Now, Jared, this is what you're going to do. You're going to stand on that white line, and you have only three chances to blow the roof off this building. So what you're going to do is you're going to say, can you dig it? And I need you to be louder every time, and I need everyone to respond louder every time. So three chances, and on the last one, just let it go. Stand straight. Deep breath. You got this, Jared. Can you dig it? No, 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 no. I said, can you dig it? I know we can do better than that. We got over 4,000 people here. I said, can you dig it? (laughs) You're the man, Jared. How do you feel right now? Excited. A little more comfortable? Yeah. Deep breath. Why are you here? One sentence. Just tell us all why you're here. What's your mission? FBLA. <laughs> Why? One sentence. One sentence. One sentence. What inspires you about FBLA? To just, um, pretty much, I just want to help other people, and I, I've been through some stuff, so I, I just want to be there for everyone I can. Jared, Jared, do me, do me one favor, okay? I want you to become Black Benji right now. I want you to stand there both feet on the ground, and I want you to ask the crowd one more time, can you dig it? And after they respond, in that character, I want you to respond with your mission, okay? Can you dig it? Hear their response, and then tell us one more time what your mission is in that energy. Go ahead. Can you dig it? See, I'm here to help everyone I can. (laughs) All right, all right, Jared, you're the man. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, it's it. public speaking for many people, many people in this room is the number one fear on earth, even more than death. And Jared just transformed in two seconds. He became the person he wished to be. And the whole room changed around him. I grew up in a very small town in New York City. Actually, I doubt whether anyone in this room has even heard of it. It's called Brooklyn. And what I love about Brooklyn, what I love about New York City, it's one of those rare places where you can literally have CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, billionaires riding the train together with people that have no jobs. 
People from 150 nationalities, from everywhere, every walk of life, every socioeconomic background, coming together to live, to work, to survive, to thrive. In Brooklyn, we all live on a street, which we call the block. And on our block, in front of our house, there's a very special place where we sit that's called a stoop. My friends growing up shared 13 nationalities. 13. Russian, Irish, Italian, Puerto Rican, Korean, Jewish, Muslim, Filipino, Palestinian, American, Lebanese, Greek, Polish, Irish. We all grew up on the same block. We all sat down literally on that same five foot wide stoop. It was a place where we could come together and talk about anything we wanted. We knew we weren't going to get bothered by our parents or our teachers or our girlfriends because we never had any. <laughs> I'm still single, just so you know. It was a place where we talked about everything from, hey guys, where are we playing football today? To where's the funeral going to be? I share the stoop because there are stoops in each of our lives. In Brooklyn, a stoop is a stoop. It comes from the Dutch word, meaning a set of stairs leading up to the front of one's house. In Los Angeles, California, a stoop could be a sumo wrestling dojo with the heaviest Japanese human being in recorded history. Finding that connection point of, oh, Yama, he says, Chris, on Friday nights, I get lonely. I said, me too sometimes. Or in Uganda, it could be the front of a thatched roof hut with a 76-year-old vanilla farmer talking about the meaning of life. Or in Haiti, it could be a pile of rocks sitting outside of your tent because your house has been demolished by an earthquake and trying to understand, hey, how can you find contentment in such difficult circumstances? This room right here today is a stoop. 4,000 people gathered from across Florida, all to connect with the same mission, to soar to new heights. How do we soar to new heights? We have to grow not only professionally, not only personally, but spiritually, physically, emotionally, in every aspect of our lives. So guys, what's a stoop? Let's be honest. How can we create a stoop in our lives? There are only three rules on the positive stoop. They're not difficult. You don't need to write them down. They're easy to remember. The first rule is awareness. Say it with me. Awareness. Awareness. Aware what does that mean, awareness? Well, let's look at the word listening, first of all. Listening. Listening is a little simpler. Listening. When we really listen to what the other person is saying. If you're anything like me, I'm from New York. So sometimes we have a friend, right? They, they have maybe a relationship problem or our parents are going through something or someone we know. So we, they call us up on the phone and we listen to them anywhere from five to ten seconds. And then our mind clicks in with a solution of what we think is best for that person. And we're really not listening. We're just biting our tongue. Oh my God, when are they going to stop talking about this? Because we've already made it up in our mind who they are. What's best for them? That's not listening. I never, I never learned a thing when I was talking. Deep listening. When we really listen to what the other person is saying. And to take it one level further, listening or awareness, not only listening to others, being aware of others, being aware of who? Ourselves. Being aware of ourselves. What we find is that the rules of the stoop apply as much, if not more, to ourselves as they do with others. They can help us figure out any problem in our life, from a career to a relationship, and we're going to look at that in just a second. What's the second rule on the stoop? It's acceptance. 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 So acceptance, in my experience, is the most difficult rule on the stoop. It's like, boom, you became aware. She's not into me. Or... You became aware, this is not the right career path for me. Or you became aware, I've got this relationship challenge in my home that I've got to look at. So you become aware of the problem first, right? You become aware of it, and then once you become aware of it, you have to, you have to accept, all right, sister, you're with me, that's what I'm talking about. 
Someone has some experience with that. We have to accept it. Acceptance is the hardest one for me. And as much as we have difficulty accepting others and their beliefs and we don't know why they do certain things, the person we have the most difficulty accepting is ourselves. I like this crowd. The person we have the most difficulty accepting is ourselves. Look, this is 2017. I'm not going to give any speech about how to respect people from other cultures. You want to respect people from other cultures? Learn to respect yourself. Done. It's very simple. I watched a beautiful documentary called Accidental Courtesy about a, a black man that basically went and became friends with KKK members. And he said, I don't agree with their beliefs. I don't respect their beliefs, but I respect the person. As a result of becoming friends with them, they actually disrobed. Almost 30 KKK members disrobed, threw away their robes, and said, I don't know what I was doing. That was crazy. And one of the KKK leaders at the end of the documentary said something so deep, and I try to hear this if you can. He said, I came from a very dysfunctional home. My father was an alcoholic. It was very difficult for me, so I rebelled. And he said, this is the kicker. He said, the problem was never racism. Racism was just the symptom. The deeper problem was I didn't accept myself because of my relationship with my father. He said, I didn't accept myself. That was the much deeper problem. And once, once he realized that, he, the racism wasn't even an issue anymore. This is what I'm talking about when I say every experience can wake us up or take us deeper into the dream, deeper into the illusion. You see, once we wake up, once we become aware, we have to accept it. What's the opposite of acceptance? Denial. We can't deny. Because once you wake up, it's very difficult to go back to sleep. What is the final rule on the stoop? Courage. Courage. Let me hear that again, sister. Who said that? Courage. Courage. All right. Courage. Courage meaning of the heart. Courage is of the heart. Now, some people might look at me and be like, oh my God, Chris, you travel the world and you wrestle with sumo wrestlers and you eat raw bison liver on television. And any, Anyone in this room would do that. You might say, no, I wouldn't. You would do it. If the camera's on, you would do it. It's easy. You would sumo wrestle the heaviest man in the history of Japan. You would do it. He's a sweetheart. He likes Britney Spears. <laughs> it's not a joke. And he likes the carpenters, believe it or not. So... You don't know who the carpenters are. You're 15. Okay. <laughs> I, where was I? Now I really lost my place thanks to the carpenters first. Courage, courage. So courage, not to wrestle a 600-pound Japanese sumo wrestler, but courage to look at those really uncomfortable places in our lives that we really don't want to look at. The places, those topics where we almost, and I, this relates to everyone, the adults, the middle schoolers, the high school students, everyone in this room right now, myself, of me, of course it relates to me, those uncomfortable areas of our life. We talked in the very beginning. What is that place where we feel like I'm at step A and I want to get to step Z? I have a blank that I want to fill in the blank for. That's going to make me happy. Spiritually, professionally, in terms of our health, relationship, hobbies, whatever it may be for us, we have that place. Well, courage, my friends, is having the courage to look at those uncomfortable places and deal with them. Become aware of them. Accept them and have the courage to transform them. Once we do that, we can transform any relationship in our life. Not only with ourselves, but with others. We can even do so with a Mongolian nomad doing yoga on the step. Let's go to the video. This week, I'll see if I'm tough enough to be a Mongolian nomad. That means working from dawn till dusk. That's a lot of time. What could Nara and I even have in common?
<laughs> you like that movie? Yeah. The Godfather. Godfather. Yeah. Hey kids. Hey kids. Living in the countryside is better than uh, living in city. For me. Eight years ago, I, I have no, not a satellite, television, and uh, solar panel. <laughs> Only candle. <laughs> no electricity. No electricity. Fresh air. Fresh air. Yesterday, Nara and I went straight to work. Today, before leaving to get my horse, I convince him to try my routine. So just follow like I do, all right? Just keep breathing. Now we're gonna stop. Go with your neck. Left, go to the right. Okay, now let's get a little Tai Chi. Okay, now quick, final stretches. Come down. Now we're gonna do inverted upward and a downward dog. How do you feel? This is very difficult for me. First time. What is it? I'm so Maybe. proud of you. We're gonna have a protein shake. Please try. Excuse me, I can't drink it. <laughs> Why, how does it taste? <laughs> no? <laughs> It would be impossible and irrelevant for me to share my entire story and how I went from living in my parents' basement to hosting a television series for National Geographic. But what I can share with you is the method, the formula that I've used to transform challenges in my life. We're going to look at the stoop in action right now. My mission in life is to authentically connect with others and to be completely present. For now. It took me many, many years to understand what that mission was. My career started as an actor. I was on a little television show, which none of you are old enough to have seen, legally, called The Sopranos. <clears throat> okay, I watched it when I was a little kid too with my parents. But something interesting happened is that right after I filmed The Sopranos, this was major. I mean, I was rejected from three roles before I finally booked this role on The Sopranos. I was acting for a decade. I finally booked this role, biggest role of my career. And all of a sudden, I felt completely deflated. It made no sense to me. I mean, I just achieved this goal. Why don't I feel happy? I wasn't happy the whole time. I should be happy now. I got what I wanted. No. That's not how it works. You have to be happy throughout the entire journey. So that was a wake-up call to me. Whoa, I want to do something else. What can I do? How can I do it? So I traveled to Tanzania for one month on a cultural exchange program. I lived with a former Black Panther that runs a nonprofit community center there. I made my first documentary. I came home. I had some very serious and unfortunate family challenges to deal with, came through that on the other side, and I started to identify what I wanted to do. I like connecting with people. I like entertaining, but I also like being myself. I never liked acting. That was the thing. It was fun, but I, my heart wasn't in it. And so I thought, well, what if I just travel the world, put it on television, connect with others? So that is how I created Bridge the Gap. What, is that act, what did that actually look like? How can we apply that to our lives? I'm going to show you that right now with a little metaphor called an inner compass. What I need right now on this stage is I need one very, actually, I've never done this before, but I'm not going to have anyone stand up. I'm going to go through the audience and randomly pick two people. So I'm going to be looking for, I need everyone to be silent so that I can use my uh, telekinetic powers to see who it's going to be. So, okay, you're raising your hand. Come right up. Come right up, sugar. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be looking for one man. Raise your hand if you're a very energetic man. Very energetic young man. 
Take, this is yours. What's your name? Uh, Alexis Holly. Chris, nice to meet you, Alexis. And? Corbin Moore. Corbin, nice Chris, you. nice to meet you. Corbin, let me show you something with this. this thing work? Yeah, it works, it works. So, can you guys catch this? That's a little trick you got to do with the mic every time right. you get it, okay? So, Corbin and Alexis, can you guys come on the stage with me? We're going to try something. Or maybe we can actually do it. Can you guys see if we're in the audience? You want us on stage? Stage, come to the stage. Now, this is what's going to happen. Corbin and Alexis. So, Corbin, I'm going to need you to stand right here, right on this tape, all the way on the right side of the stage. And Alexis, I want you to stand all the way, all the way on the left side of the stage. Now, you guys are going to hold those mics right up close. And your, your role is very simple. This is the compass. This is north. I want to go east. That's west. That's east. Every time I take a step towards you, all you're going to do is you're going to say the word, yes. I, I just took a step. Yeah. I didn't move yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can already see where this is going. Corbin, just say the word yes, okay? Yes. Why do I do this to myself? Okay. And now, Alexis. More, 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 more. Alexis, all you're going to do when I, every time I take a step that way, you're going to say the word? Correct. So hold that mic up close. Now. No. 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 <laughs> the, you need to be louder every time I come closer to you, and you need to be louder every time I come closer to you. Got it? So if I start hugging you, things are going to get crazy. I'm down for it. I'm down. <laughs> Schenecker, I need some backup. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Corbin, I just took three steps. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, all right. Let's, let's try this. Let's try to keep it serious. No. Ah! Wait for me to move, please. Okay, crowd, I need all of you to help me out because I'm going to have an anxiety attack up here. My left eye is starting to twitch. Okay, please, can you help them out? Every time I take a step that way, you're going to say? Yeah. Every time I take a step that way, you're going to say? No. Thank you. Okay, what I'm going to do right now is very simply, I'm going to walk you through just that very short path that I took in my life. Just very simply. And this is how it felt on the inside. I'm growing up and I think, you know what? I like acting. Yes. This is enjoyable. Oh, yeah. I start booking some work. Yeah. But deep down, there's this little itch to travel, to explore different cultures, to make films. I'm going to ignore that itch. No, no, no. But all of a sudden, I book a role for a CBS TV show. Yeah. In a horror film. Yeah. And then on The Sopranos. Yes. But deep down, I feel something's not right. I want to do something else. I don't know what to do. No, 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 no! I know what I'll do. I'll move to Tanzania. Yes, 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 yeah! <laughs> Keep it together, Chris. Only 20 minutes left. <clears throat> but then I have to come back to New York. No, no. <laughs> and I hear some sad news. No. And now I have some personal challenges. No. I can't make TV shows, but Chris, you want to create this show, bridge the gap, traveling the world, exploring different cultures. Are you crazy? That's unrealistic. Don't do it. No, no, no. Then I have to just go from one job to another to another. But Chris, you have the passion. Why don't you try to do this? Okay, I will. Yes. Hey, I'd like to raise some money for my show. Will you guys fund me? No. I can't do it. It's unrealistic. Give up. No, 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 no. Okay, 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 okay. Yes. Wow, that actually feels better going this way. All right, I'll start somewhere. I'll start somewhere. I'll pick up the phone and I will start making phone calls. Will you help me 
create some exposure for my television show. Yes. Will you show me the way? Oh, yeah. I start raising some money from foundations. Yeah. Film my Come first back. TV show for PBS. Yeah. I create a program for Ben and Jerry's ice cream in Uganda. Yeah. And eventually travel to Mongolia. Yeah. I live as a nomad. Yeah. For National Geographic. Yes. One more time. Yes. Give them a round of applause, a huge round of applause. You're the man, Corbin. You're the man, brother. Thank you. Alexis, thank you. Come on. Alexis, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're the best. You're the best. Thank you very much. Wow. But isn't that funny that that's how far we have to go away from what our core is telling us before we actually start moving in the direction that we want to go? But that's okay, that's perfectly okay, because how are we ever going to know which way is east, which way we really want to go, if we never go west in the first place? People will ask me all the time, but Chris, how did you know? How did you know what you wanted to do? How did you start doing it? And I say, I didn't know. I just tried a whole bunch of things, and then I did what felt best. It's interesting. If you think about, everyone sit up in your seats, take a deep breath, and we think about when we're lost in the woods, we're kind of walking through the woods, we think we're on the blue trail, and we're walking for hours and hours and hours on what we think is the blue trail. And we don't have that much water. And our backpack is not that full. We don't have our camping gear. And all of a sudden, three hours into the day, we see a sign. A sign that we cannot debate with. A very clear, tangible proof sign that says, you are not on the blue trail. You're on the red trail. And the red trail is a three-day hike. And we think, what? Are you kidding me? I've spent all this time on the blue trail, and now you're telling me I'm on the red trail? No, you were never on the blue trail. You were always on the red trail. But what we do in that moment in our life, when we come up against that truth and we become aware of it, we don't want to do what to it? We don't want to accept it because it's difficult. Because when we accept it, now we have to do something about it. The good news is now we have a sign. Now we know we're going west. We wanted to go east. Rather than beat ourselves up for it like I always do, rather than be upset about it, we need to use that as a wake-up call to turn around, to go the other way, to get ourselves on the blue trail. Now, for each of us, that trail is a little bit different. Becoming a global citizen means being completely present, authentically connecting with others, and being inspired by a mission that is beyond ourselves. For each of us, that mission is a little bit different. Let's see what it looks like for my friend Nara, the nomad in Mongolia. Let's go to that next video. Chris, now you come back. Question, why does he keep looking down like that with his face? He, he wants to eat. Can we let him eat? Yeah, eat. Near here. I get off? Yeah, get off. So, Nara, I wanted to ask you, why is it so important for you to protect the traditional nomadic life? Mongolian lifestyle, like, uh, nomadic lifestyle, is only one in the world. It is, it is a culture. You, you have to always protect uh, your lifestyle. My grand grandfather always saved me. Tell me, uh, tell me about your grandfather. He was an uh, original herdsman. Mongolian herdsman. And he died uh, 10 years ago. What did he say to you before he died? Mm. He, he said to me, you, you never, never you never stay in the city. Your, your living place is in the countryside. It is better, it is best for you, Satan.
You miss him. Yeah, I always miss him. If uh, my grandfather, grandfather, if uh, show me now, he he will, he will be very happy. <laughs> Let's go. Everyone could just try this for two minutes, completely silent, not joking around. Let's just give this a shot. It could transform the next 20 years of your lives, or 50, or 80. Sit up in your seats, close your eyes for two minutes, and <clears throat> put your back straight, and just take a few deep breaths. You want to go on your phone? Don't do it. Let's just stay here. Let's be here now just for a minute. Sitting up straight, back straight, deep breaths into our stomach. If a thought comes up, let it go. You hear somebody talking, let it go. This is for you. This is for you. Just feel that little bit of space, that little bit of clarity, that empty space. Deep breaths. What is the most uncomfortable conversation you need to have with yourself. Deep breath into your stomach. What is the most uncomfortable conversation, the most important conversation you need to have with yourself? Just take three deep breaths. Deep breath. What is that conversation that is going to allow you to soar to new heights in FBLA and beyond? Deep breaths. What is that conversation? And all I want you to do, once you find it, Whatever is the first thing that comes up, answer this last question in your heart. Deep breath into your stomach. What is the next best step for you? What is your east on the compass? What is your east, the way you want to go? What is the next best step where you can get from step A to step Z. What's that next best step for you? Deep breaths. If you were already that person, if you were already that person who had that thing, how would you act? How would you sit in your seat? How would you breathe? And you're going to take three deep breaths and find the next best step for you. That's the last thing you're going to do. <clears throat> Smile. 
if you, if you have a little more clarity as to which way to go with that decision. Smile. Not only smile, but with your eyes closed, raise your hand very high in the sky if you have a little more clarity as to which way to go with that decision. Raise your hand high, high, high. Raise your hand high. With your arms up, open your eyes, look around the room, see how many people have their arms up. So you know I'm not lying. So you know I'm not lying. Now, <clears throat> you can put your arms down. Who is very nervous right now? They just discovered something very, very uncomfortable. They really, really want to share it. Or they're uncomfortable. Stand up if you're uncomfortable and you want to share. Stand up. Sir, all the way in the back with the all black, black everything. Come to the middle of the aisle and come on stage. Sir, you. You, sir. All the way in the back. No, no, no. All the way in the back. All the way right there. Come run right up here. Run right up here, brother. Run right up here. Give him a hand. Let's sit on the stoop. Can you sit here with me? All right. What's your name? Um, Safalto. Safalto? Yeah. Now, sit up straight. Deep breath. You a little nervous? Yeah. You got this. You got this, bro. He got this, right? Hey, share with us on the stoop. We're all, we're all sitting here. We're all, we're all with you. What did you find out? And what's the next best step for you? Um, I found out that if I ever want to get my life together, fix my shit, just... Uh, fix your stuff. Sorry. It's okay. Fix my stuff. That... Show some respect. Best thing to do is just deep, deep breath. Just breathe. What's the next best thing? Approach my biggest fear, which in such is my own emotions about certain scenarios. So calm down and stop being so frustrated with things and just be happy about what I got. Be happy and live in the moment. And in such, just, just go and do it. Do, do what I need to do. Do the, do the one thing that I've been waiting months to ask for Christ's sake. And what is that? What is that thing? How can we end it? Deep breath. What is that one thing? Do you feel comfortable sharing it? Um, you want to tell me first? You don't have to. I'll share it. I don't mind. Um, just briefly. Just in one or two sentences. Something very simple. What is it? I've been meaning to ask this girl out for the past. <laughs> is she here? No. Okay. All right. I even saved up money to so take her out somewhere nice. You saved up money? Do you want to share her name or no? Um, no. I prefer not. Okay. Are you going to do it? Yeah. Give him a hand. Give him a huge hand. That's what I'm talking about, bro. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you, brother. Wow. Wow. That's the truth. That's the truth. What a brave, brave young man. Success in life. If she's not here. She's not, if she was here, I would have called her up. She's not here. But he's going to do it. I know. Did you feel that he's going to do it? Make some noise if you can relate. And now you know. And my brother, just as uncomfortable as it was for you to come up here, and how much better you feel now, it's going to be the same thing when you ask her out. And I think almost everyone in this room can relate to you, but you had the courage to share, and I thank you for it. <laughs> Dr. Jane Goodall is one of my closest mentors. Can we get that picture of Dr. Jane up there? I don't know if anyone knows her. She, she's a primatologist. United Nations Messenger of Peace. Can we get that slide up there? She's a United Nations Messenger of Peace. Primatologist, dame of the British Empire. And she once told me something so profound and very relevant to my friend right there. She said, Chris, 
please stop flirting with me. I'm old enough to be your grandmother. <laughs> Next slide. But that didn't stop me. Another time, she said to me, Chris, next slide, you must promise me never to eat raw bison liver on television ever again. Some traditions are best left for the Lakota. So I made her that promise. And finally, she said something to me so profound when I asked, how can I make a difference in the world? How can I become a global citizen? She said, Chris, everyone says think globally, act locally. I disagree with that statement. I said, what? She said, I disagree with that statement. I said, why? She said, if we think globally right from the beginning, it's so easy to get overwhelmed. We won't want to do anything. But she said, what if we think locally and act locally? Then we can see the people in our lives right now and actually feel what we're doing makes a difference. Think locally, act locally, and eventually have the courage to think globally. Becoming a global citizen is a lifelong path, and it's as simple as the person sitting next to us right now. Shanti Deva, the great teacher, once said, all the suffering in, their, in the world arises from our desire to make ourselves happy. I know that to be true. And all the happiness in the world arises from our desire to make others happy. Becoming a global citizen is not about doing great things. Mother Teresa reminds us it's not about doing great things. It's about doing small things with great love. So what we're going to do right now together, quietly, we're going to take a deep breath. And we're going to take the hand of the person sitting to our right. Sitting to our right. We're going to take the hand of the person sitting to our right. Now, deep breath. Our left hand represents our needs, but we're going to forget about ourselves for a second. We're going to take that person's hand, and we're going to raise it so that it's equal to our hearts, so that their needs and our needs are equal. And now you're looking at me saying, Chris, this is so corny. What are you going to have us do next? We're going to take their hand, and we're going to raise it so that it's above our head, so that their needs exceed our own. <gasps> oh, no. I forgot about my left hand. Am I on the ground? Have I fallen? No. I'm up in the air, too. Because when we look out for others, then others look out for us. And that's all you have to do to be a global citizen. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much.